I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. From where shall my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not smite you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all evil. He will keep your soul. The Lord will guard your, your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forever. That was Psalm 121. That's a, a psalm that Marilyn and I had, had shared together and had talked about that psalm. And I remember a couple of months ago when I started down this adventure of, of helping out and um, you know, I, I talked to Marilyn a little bit, and, uh, and uh, you know, she was very frank and said, well, you know, I've got cancer, and it's, you know, it's terminal, and, uh, and we talked about that a little bit, and, uh, and uh, she looked at me and said, you know, I'm not worried about it too much. I just kind of looked at her, and, and I said, that's right, you know, you'll never be alone. You're not going to go through this alone. And uh, she said, no, you know, I've got my wonderful family who loves me. I've got this wonderful church body here who cares for me. And uh, I said, that's right. You know, and, and you've got a, a heavenly father who loves you and, and will never leave you. And through the whole time, you know, you will never be alone. Last week, I when I visited her and I been out there several nights last week, and um, I asked her, I said, is there anything you want me to share to the people of the church? Anything that, you know, message, anything you want me to tell tell them? And and these are her words. She told me to, to say, well, I guess the end is near, but tell them I'm not afraid. And tell them that I'm looking forward to the resurrection. I'm looking forward to uh, whatever adventure that that is, you know, and we we both kind of imagined, you know, I wonder what that's going to be like, you, you know, but and uh, but she wanted you to know that she really loved you and and cared about all of you and was very thankful that you're a big part of her life, and uh, and she wasn't alone and she wasn't afraid, and uh, what a testimony, you know, the, the Bible says, you know, precious in the sight of God is you know, the loss of one of his, his, his children and, uh, you know, precious in the life of a church as well. And so just what a fantastic, fantastic person she was and was always so encouraging to me. Um, and uh, so, you know, God bless her and, and her family today. Well, today will be the last day I will be speaking to you for a while. We have a, a young man coming next week. He'll be joining us. Kyle McLean, and uh, he is one of the candidates for a pastorship here. We had talked before about, uh, you, you know, the ultimate goal here. You know, God, you know, created this church. He, you know, is bringing forth his purpose. And um, God is, uh, is ready to uh, continue that, that growth. And I don't know if we're... Slides are working today. It's not a big deal, but I got a few things that uh, that I 
like to show you. Yeah, there it is, silver and gold. But God is continuing on the uh, the growth here, and you know we think about the things that we use to uh, uh, to build up this church. And I was thinking about that the other night, and I was thinking about one of my all time favorite cartoons. It was always came around at Christmas time. It was Rudolph. I don't know if any of you have seen Rudolph and, and love that one like I do, and I. Always remember the snowman coming out, silver and gold, silver and gold. You know the whole thing, and then on and on it goes. And, and I was thinking about, you know, you know, in the life of a church, what do you leave behind? What do you build with? Silver, gold, or is it hay and wood and straw and things that don't don't matter so much? And a lot of that's based on our own spiritual growth. One of the reasons that we push so hard you know, encourage people to, to really grow in their life with, with Christ is so that what they leave with the church, the things that they give to the church, might be something precious. Um, the Bible refers to this in, in some ways as, uh, you, you know, with young Christians, spiritual babies, uh, you, you desire milk, uh, more established, spiritually mature Christians, they're ready for solid food. And uh, let's go to the next slide here. This is an interesting uh, slide. Does anybody else like cheese balls? I mean, I'll eat them by the tub if if I could, you know. Well, uh, when uh, when uh, our son Cody was born, he was just a, a little little thing, and his big brother Dustin. The first time he got to to visit his his little brother. He, we came into the to the to the room and and we're like, look, here's your little brother. And Dustin had a little snack bag of cheese balls, and he was eating them. and And uh, he wanted to be nice to his little brother. So when we weren't looking, he began shoving cheese balls into Cody's mouth. There you go, Cody. And we're like, whoa, 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 whoa! Little babies can't eat cheese balls, you know. So we got cheese balls, you know, all over the place, and it was just a fun moment, um, but baby food is, is what Cody needed, that's what a baby needs, is baby food, I think back when, when he was, well, all our kids were little, I mean, how much money have we spent on Similac and, and all that other stuff, holy moly, you know, stuff that I look at today, and I'm like, how can they eat this stuff, Ugh. you know, and then you, you give it to them, boy, they eat it right up, you know, they love that stuff. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about this. I was reading in the Bible about the church at Corinthia, the Corinthian church. Go ahead here. The church at Corinth um, it was an interesting place. It was founded by Paul during his second missionary journey. Uh, he had preached in the synagogue with a couple of different Jewish believers, Priscilla, a person by the name of Aquila, and... You know, while they were there, they were able to establish a church. Now, the city of Corinth was incredibly decadent. It was a, a pretty wicked city. Uh, of course, this is in the middle of Greece, um, you know, from Greece, and then later, you know, the Romans, you know, across the sea a little ways. You know, this is a, a part of the world where, you know, polytheism reigns, or multiple gods, uh, 
uh, they they celebrated immorality in a way that you know uh, you know Paul and and others would say you know that's probably not the thing that that God would want us to do. Let's go ahead and move ahead here. You know, if you think of Corinth, I mean, it was Sin City. It's a place that, uh, you know, um, seemed to revolve around sexual sins. The Bible mentions that uh, incest, if you can believe it, was a problem in Corinth. There was a lot of problems with drunkenness. Uh, It was a debaucherous place. And the church that was planted there by Paul, I mean, this is the culture that they have to to grow in, that they have to learn to thrive in and learn to continue the work of of God. And Paul spent about a year there, year, year and a half, until he, like usually would happen, he finally ticked off the Jewish leaders and they like, we got to get rid of this guy. And he was hauled before a civil court, and but... Uh, the charges were dropped, you know, they, you know, for different reasons. And But Paul had to leave, and he, he took Priscilla and Aquila with him, and the church was left behind. And without Paul there, without Priscilla and Aquila, and, um, you know, with them gone, they just sort of reincorporated elements of their culture back into the church. And so the church falls back into carnality. It falls back into immaturity. And it's at this time that a man by the name of Apollos steps up, and he's going to try to help lead the church. And apparently Apollos was a good guy. He, he worked hard and uh, was trying to, to get the church back you know, on the path, back, get it set in the right direction. But a group of admirers seemed to want to follow him and not to do have a whole lot to do with the rest of the church. Others said, no, Paul was the one who set it up. We gotta remember Paul. Let's let's follow Paul's teaching. And others said, no, I mean, Jesus is the reason, and he's the one. So you have divisions, you have problems cropping up in the Corinthian church. Let's move ahead. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and this is a letter that Paul would write to the Corinthian church. He'd found out like, oh, man, they they blew it. I got to write them a letter. It says, and I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual men. I mean, when I was with you, you were little babies in, in Christ. But I had to speak to you as men of the flesh, as to infants in Christ. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food. For you are not able to receive it. Indeed, even now you are not able, for you're still fleshly. For since there is jealousy and strife among you, and you are not fleshly, and are you not walking like mere men? For when one says, I'm of Paul, and another, I'm of Apollos, are you not mere men? In other words, Paul is saying, you guys are acting like infants. You're acting like little kids. The carnality of the believers was very indicative of their their immaturity. Paul would later in Corinthians list some of the things that they were involved in. And again, the church started to get swept up into some of the, uh, the, the, 
the sexually immoral things that were affecting that culture. And Paul really feels the need, I have to, you know, correct you guys. You're all wrapped up in the things of the flesh, and now jealousy and strife are, are making their, their, their faces known, their presence known. And Paul kind of chastises them. He says, look, you don't have any excuse for this. You should be mature by now. I've, look, I gave you everything you need. I taught you everything that you need to progress, to mature as a church, as a group. You think about milk versus solid food. Milk is nutritious. It will keep you fed. As a baby, that's good. But when you become an adult, hopefully you would prefer a nice steak dinner. Or you vegans out there, maybe you can eat the asparagus and leave the steak to me. I don't know. But I mean, you think about it. I mean, where's, I know Jen and Brian stepped up, but Ollie. Ollie was running around here with his dad's car keys to dance. It starts that early, you know. Gee, Dad, give me your keys to the car. Well, he's running around. You wouldn't offer Ollie a nice thick steak, I don't think. Russ, uh, would you like some uh, baby food? I mean, we can, we can fix you up here with a nice Similac, you know. I think Russ is way beyond baby food. But milk and solid food, as, as Paul is referring to it here, is, is to the depth of their spiritual maturity. You should have matured. Since Paul left, they should have grown. Instead, they're very primitive. They're at an age... They're like adults, still sipping on baby food. We should have progressed. Let's move on to the next slide. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 5 through 9. Paul goes on in his correction. He says, what then is Apollos? And, and what's Paul? Who are we? We're just servants through whom you believed, even as the Lord gave opportunity to each one. I planted, Apollos came along, and he watered it, but God was causing the growth. So then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but God causes the growth. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, but each will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. You think about this, I mean, it is the Lord alone who can give the faith to the spiritually ignorant and to the dead. You can help lead somebody to Christ, but God is the one who gives them salvation. That's nothing that I can give. That's nothing that any of you could give. Verse 8 talks about how Paul and Apollos, they're one all they are are human instruments that God is using to produce salvation in the life of the people. They're little tools. I remember uh, when I was younger, uh, a pastor by the name of, I think it was Lee Arp, every prayer he prayed was always, Dear Lord, help use, let me be an instrument, a little tool of your, your using. And I always think about that. and You know, uh, that's true. I mean... God's the one doing the work. We're just the tools 
I mean, sometimes he reaches in the toolbox and goes, I need a, I need a Joey Borders here. All right, I need a Russ Dickerson here. I need a Sylvia Black here, you know. And, and each tool that he uses has a purpose. Thankfully, God is not like me, okay? I'm like, I need a hammer. Uh, well, this wrench will do. Whoppity, whoppity, you know. When I taught it, well, up at Graham High School, our maintenance department got real creative when one day the uh, garage door to the ag room was stuck. Uh, so, you know, I mean, what's a good backhoe for? So they roll that thing in there. They take a chain around the door and around the, the front end. It, bam, they rip the door off. Well, they shut it all right, but it was all beat up and dented up. I mean, God uses us like that. We're, we're tools, except he's smart enough to know what are the right tools to use. Paul was a tool. Apollos was a tool that the, God was using as an instrument to bring about life in the church. As we prepare to bring in a new pastor, and I've tried to make it clear that I am not a candidate for the pastor. I'm not a pastor. I'm a school teacher. I've had a lot of people tell me, oh, you missed your calling. Well, I hope not. I hope I'm a good teacher, too. I'm just up here winging it, you know, trying to. But uh, it was interesting. Last night, just last night, I was up at the hospital to see Marilyn, and I was walking I got up to the fourth floor, and I was walking along, and I had my Bible with me, and somebody yells out of the side room, Hey, are you the chaplain? And I'm like, who, me? <laughs> I'm not the chaplain. I'm just here to visit somebody from church. He goes, well, you got a Bible there. Let me tell you, my legs are killing me. I'm like, wow, that's, that's not good, you know. And so she was telling me, and the nurse is right there going, would you take your Ativan, please? Would you please take... She's like, that's all I want to talk first. This little gal by the name of Lakeisha. And she goes, would you please come in here? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not the chaplain, but sure. I walk in. She goes, we're going to have prayer. And I'm like, well, okay. And I found myself praying for Lakeisha's legs. You know, I'm like, whatever. I guess at that moment, God needed a some tool to do some work. I'm glad I was there to lay hands on Lakeisha's leg, and hopefully she's feeling better. I, I don't know. I will tell you, I told that little story to, to Marilyn, and she really got a kick out of that. So, Let's go to the next slide. There's some interesting pictures here. Some of you may recognize these. Others may be like, what am I looking at here? Well, if you'll, you'll notice, that's, that's the original church building, North Hills Church of God being, being built, the original building. And those people in the middle, those are the church planners, the ones who, who started this church. A while back I had said, you know, God... In his glory, decided, you know, we're gonna. I want. I need a church in Northridge, and I've got these faithful people who I'm going to use them to go and establish this this church, this this work. And these are the ones who were faithful enough 
to do that. I mean, you think about, you know, you know, some of the things we make decisions on around here. How would you like to say, well, how about half of us leave and go start a new church someplace? That would take a lot of guts, a lot of faith. You know, the, I call them the North Hills Originals. There's, there's, they're still here. Uh, but the North Hills Originals, they built the church. They laid a foundation for the future to come. And that, found, that church will continue to grow even after they're gone. It will continue to grow and to serve God in this community because God is the one who causes the growth. As a church, we can't afford to fall into the mistakes like the Corinthian church would have made. Remember, it's God who causes the growth. Next week, we'll be bringing in Kyle McLean. He's a very young man. He's a guy who wants to dedicate his life to ministry. He will be an ordained minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He wants to do his part to continue to build upon the foundation that was laid. If we refuse to grow spiritually as a church, if we refuse to use this time between pastorates to continue to grow and continue to, the, to serve the church, we're going to get into trouble. That's where divisions begin. That's where strife begins. You know, I really really preferred Russ as a, as a preacher. You know, I, I really liked John when he was up there. I really miss Seth. We're never going to get Seth again. Seth, John, Russ, whoever... They're instruments that God is using to build up the church. And he can use whatever tool he wants. God will continue to add instruments to the toolbox. We have to be willing to allow God to use the tools that he would use to build his church, to keep the foundation to grow from that. Let's move ahead. Chapter 3, verse 10 through 16 According to the grace of God, which was given to me like a wise master builder, this is Paul talking, I laid a foundation, and another one is building on it. Apollos, he was building on it. But each man must be careful how he builds on it, for no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man, or if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, Wood, hay, straw, each man's work will become evident. For the day will show it because it is to be revealed with fire. And the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. If any man's work which he has built on it remains, he will receive a reward. If any man's work is burned up, he'll suffer loss. But he himself will be saved as yet as, as through the fire. So my question to all of us is, what are you adding to the foundation? What are you adding to the building up of the church? If we're forever, like the Corinthians, longing for milk, longing for baby food, how will we ever become spiritually mature? 
because it's when you're spiritually mature that you're able to start to use high-quality materials to build onto the foundation in the life of the church. That's what Paul means when he refers to gold, silver, and precious stones. These are high-quality materials, and they represent dedicated spiritual service to build the church. On the other hand, there's wood, there's hay, and there's straw. I mean, you can use that stuff. But it's an inferior material that that implies a shallow activity with, with no eternal value. Now, we're not talking about evil acts. We're not talking about anything like that. We're talking about how useful is it to the mission, to the glory of, of God. God will eventually reveal the value of the foundation and the building laid here at North Hills. The day will come when God will look at us and, uh, and, and wonder, ah, gold, silver, precious stones, silver and gold. What a church. Or would he look at us and say, wood and straw, that's the best you could give me? I mean, if that's all you got, I'll take it. But if you've got gold and silver that you could use to share with the church, why would you not do that? You don't know how convicting this is to me as a person. I spent many years knowing God has given me gold and silver, things that I could use for the kingdom of God. What did I give him? Straw, a little bit of hay, a little mud. We all want to be builders who are using high-quality materials here to add to the foundation, which is Christ. Last week, I challenged everybody to get involved. Every member is a minister. Do something to serve. And if we go to the, the next slide, I mean, this is to really wrap this up, every one of us is a minister. Every one of us has something to share, something to give to the church. Some of us are spiritual babies. God doesn't expect you to be chowing down on steak dinners yet. But there are some of us, like myself, who God has given more, and he would desire more. What are you giving to the life of the church? I'm not talking about your money. I'm not talking about your time. I'm talking about what gift has God given you? And I believe each one of us, when we become Christians, God gives us some gift that we can share, that we can use to further the ministry of the church. And as we grow in the faith, as we develop that growing relationship with Christ, which is our mission, each of us should work hard to begin to build with high-quality materials. Am I giving God silver and gold? Am I trying to build using ministries and actions that will stand the test of time? You know, I don't want to be a man who stands before God someday, standing there before God with my little sippy cup. I want God to be happy that I've moved on from being a spiritual baby to a man of God ready for solid food. 
So, you know, as we wrap up today, um, I encourage everyone, continue to do your part. Continue to serve the church. Kyle will be here for two or three months probably. What can you do to help, to serve him? What can you do to build on this foundation? Now, Kyle will be here to speak throughout the summer. I'll be back in probably in the fall, but uh, I'll still be available to help serve you if you have any ministry needs. Um, I like to get out and visit people. Um, that's, you know, I just like to do that. So please contact me if you have prayer that you need, visitation, you want me to go visit somebody, um, counseling, believe it or not, I'm just a few credits shy of a counseling degree, so you can come sit in my office and cry, and I'll pretend to take notes while I play tic-tac-toe, and you know, no, I'm just teasing you. But all of us together have a great opportunity to spend this summer building a church that will, that will please God, and we're all going to be out and about. Uh, inevitably during the summertime, you know, we're coming and going. We got ball games, gymnastics, we got church camps. I mean, people are in and out all summer long. And uh, so I would encourage you, remember where you came from. You're a part of North Hills. And uh, as you come and go, you know, serve God in the name of Jesus Christ as a representative of this wonderful place that he's, he has created for our for our community. So... If the worship team would would come up, we'll uh, we'll continue to worship God.